And welcome to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast, a podcast dedicated to the monsters, mythology, and history of the TV series Supernatural and the Creatures Within. I am your host, Dr. Chris, and returning to the studio finally... Is Cat! Hooray! Yes! I've been taken by senior year homework. Yes, Cat has had many changes in her life. She's going to be graduating from high school soon. Yep. She's now 18 years old, so yes. she is now Catwoman. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my new title. Yes, she is now Catwoman with a K because of copyright infringement with the character Catwoman owned by DC Comics, which is owned by Warner Brothers Entertainment Studios, which also owns Supernatural. Cat <laughs> <laughs> will be graduating from high school soon, so round of applause for her. Leave her com- good, good, Yay. pleasant, and positive comments in the feedback as she will be venturing off. By the time this episode airs, Cat will have actually already graduated and uh, enjoying enjoying a summer abroad in Massachusetts. Yep. And then next up, New York City. Hooray. <laughs> yes. The music that you just heard is from Blue Oyster Cult, which is kind of funny because Blue Oyster Cult is brought up in a later episode of the show, the Hell House episode. Yeah. And Blue Oyster Cult's music is in the episode we are currently talking about, which is uh, Faith. The clip that you heard is from one of the most famous episodes of Saturday Night Live where Blue Oyster Cult performed alongside Christopher Walken where he was like, I need more cowbell, more cowbell. One of the most famous Christopher Walken skits ever. But Kat has our synopsis for us for the episode Faith. Yes. After Dean is fatally injured on a case, Sam thinks he's found a cure in a preacher who performs miracles. After they discover that these miracles are not as holy as advertised, the brothers race to stop them before another innocent life is sacrificed. Now, this episode also contains one of my favorite, one of my, my one of my biggest crushes of all time in Hollywood is the amazing, beautiful, and talented Julie Benz, best known as playing uh, Darla, the sire of Angel from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, she was on Defiance and many other... Uh, she was Dexter Morgan's wife, Arita, on uh, Showtime's Dexter. So she's had a long career in Hollywood, and she is just 
she has my heart in everything she's ever done in. Uh, I would love to have her on this show. I would love to have her on Radio Horror at some point. But uh, she plays the young girl with a brain tumor um, who heavily believes in the faith of this preacher who has the ability to heal people. Um, but it's actually just a reaper. Just a reaper that his wife is controlling. Yep. Um, Sam and Dean don't so much defeat this monster as they have to defeat the woman who's controlling the reaper. You cannot stop the reaper. Yep. We will all meet the reaper one day. Um, there's a great... I've uh, already met mine. You did? Yeah. When? During the past few weeks while I've been gone. Oh, yes. You probably needed a resurrection after um, your projects and, and graduation took over your life, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. This episode deals with a lot of different things. I mean, we're going to focus primarily on Reapers in general, and we have a lot of like lore and stuff from our different journals. Kat actually got a great birthday present. Oh, yeah. This is wonderful. I got... What is this called? The Supernatural Book of Monsters, Spirits, Demons, and Ghouls. And I think that uh, that book only covers up to at least seasons two or three, correct? Yeah, it seems to cover just the stuff from the earlier seasons. Which is good, but... considering we're still in yeah, season that's one. that's what we're, we're going to be doing for a while. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this episode, Cat uh, can attest to speak of faith in things and spirituality a little bit more than I can, being um, a little bit more of a devotee Christian. Yeah. Yeah. That, but have you ever gone to any type of like camp where this like kind of thing was happening under a tent where people were like, not so much like a false, like this, this thing, everything that happens in this episode is false, but mm-hmm. there are, you ever go to like Bible camp or anything where there was like people with ailments were brought on stage to help pray with everyone else in the audience for whatever was their issue? Not really, because more of what I've been exposed to is more non-denominational Christianity, which is, it's more, like, I think the stuff that is shown in Supernatural is a lot more, like, Catholic Christianity, which isn't really what I've been exposed to. Isn't it called uh, Judeo-Christian? Maybe. I don't know. But it's... But the the war between God and Earth. Yeah. Sorry, God and the devil. There's just, like, a lot, like a huge difference between different types of Christianity. Like, I haven't ever been exposed to anything like what was in the Faith episode. 20 years ago, this is 2017, but 20 years ago I first went back to church at the Uxbridge Church here in Nazar- of Nazarene in Uxbridge, Massachusetts, and I met, you know, a lot of people I'm still friends with today, like my good friend Ryan, uh, who I just saw Guardians of the Galaxy with, which was fantastic. And we went to, a, like, a camp retreat bible retreat thing uh, in new hampshire and they had like somebody on stage like uh doing uh kind of like this preacher does but it's not like he's not calling people on stage to heal them mm-hmm. but people who were of had like medical problems and stuff like that were brought on stage to have everyone pray for them they didn't put yes. their hand on them and try and suck out their badness or, or, or ailments or whatever you know, none of that crap or whatever but they were brought on stage so everyone knew their name and could say their you know we could all pray for them and, and stuff like that so I, I've been to something that looked kind of similar to this yeah and then we all like broke and we went out to our individual like you know fire pits or whatever joked and and drank our soda pop because we weren't drinking we were all your age <laughs> yeah I guess like I've, I've never been to anything where it was like the pastor is placing his hands on them to heal the mm-hmm. person but one of my friends goes to more of a Pentecostal type church, which mm-hmm. is where you definitely see a lot more similarities between that and what was in the episode. It doesn't take place in a tent. It's an actual church. You see people like getting up and like having people place hands on each other and praying over them. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot more like that. It's not like that at the church I attend. 
If you happen to Google Reaper, by the way, most of what comes up is either stuff about Supernatural or the farm equipment. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Actually, there's a different word that the creature in the episode would go along better with. Mm-hmm. And they actually use this in the book I got for my birthday. Or you find a lot of links to Mass Effect's Reapers. Yeah. Um, or Joss Whedon's Reapers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the word I found, which... Heather, I wish you were here, because I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right. Is it a psychopomp? I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I really don't know. But it literally means the guide of souls and their creatures, spirits, angels, or deities whose responsibility is to escort newly deceased souls from Earth to the afterlife. I also found... Uh, I've known about... Re- this is like one of those creatures on Supernatural that I'm, I'm pretty well versed in. A reaper is a personification of death, basically. Um, mm-hmm. In many different uh, forms of pop culture or lore, like the Nicolas Cage movie, um, Angel, uh, the, the one where he plays like the Angel of Death. Oh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but um, he basically becomes like an Angel of Death who comes down to Earth to understand what's going on on Earth and falls in love with like Meg Ryan's character. Uh, there was uh, Joe, Meet Joe Black, where Brad Pitt um, is a guy who's crossing the street. He gets hit by a bus, and then death takes possession of his body and happens to follow on Anthony Hopkins' character to learn what death is and ends up falling in love with his daughter. Um, either a reaper is referred to as the Grim Reaper, or the Grim, a Grim Reaper is an agent of death. There's Dead Like Me, where the uh, when a bunch of characters who have, the main character dies and she becomes a death agent. Um, basically going around and taking people to the afterlife, working mm-hmm. for death himself. Uh, there's Pushing Daisies, which is also kind of very similar, another TV series that dealt with like Grim Reapers as like clock-in and out agents of death. Yeah. Death has been personified as a figure and fictional character in mythology and popular culture since the early days of storytelling, referred to a lot of times as usually being a skeleton. It's never been a representation of pure evil. Um, death and uh, its reapers are just what they are, a, a, a part of life. Eventually, we'll meet Death himself as one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, and yes. he eventually becomes like a recurring character on the show up until Dean Winchester kills him. And, uh, that has like major ramifications for a whole plotline we'll get to in maybe 10 years if we continue doing this podcast. We find out on the mythology of the show that all these reapers work for death himself. I Would you like me to read what Sam and Dean have to say about this in the supernatural book of monsters, spirits, demons, and ghouls? Sure. <laughs> I actually probably, I might, I uh, wonder if the uh, Supernatural Season 1 episode guide actually also has a thing about it, too. I'm gonna try Go saying this, I'm yeah. gonna try saying this word again because I know I'll probably say it wrong, but it says psychopomp, term for god or entity responsible for guiding souls to the afterlife in Greece, Hermes, in Norse myth, the Valkyries, in Egypt, Anubis, voodoo traditions going back to their African roots offer gade. I, Heather, where are you? <laughs> Irish. She's still possessed. She has still been taken away by the um, by Bloody Mary. Oh yeah. And in most Shamaic traditions, the shaman is a sort of psychopomp, both at the beginning of life and at the end. He or she was present at birth to usher the child into the wood world. Not world. Not woods. I can't pronounce this. Ah. Uh, okay. Present 
at death to see the soul on its journey. Medieval legends of the sickle-bearing grim reaper, perhaps connected to the practice in some parts of Europe, whereby the dead were stabbed and buried with sickles. The real reapers are purely psychic entities with power over time and perception. They can change the way a human sees his surroundings and change their own appearance, usually to ease the transition from life into death. The reaper's true form is hard to pin down, but most accounts suggest that the natural way for a living person to see a reaper is as a wraith-like figure wearing tattered winding sheets or burial cloth. There we go. <laughs> we have actually have a quote um, in the uh, the Supernatural season guy where Dean says, there's only one thing that can give give and take life like that. We're dealing with a reaper. Sam says, you really think it's the Grim Reaper? Like Angel of Death, collect your soul, the whole deal? No, 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 no. Not the Reaper, a Reaper. There's Reaper lore in pretty much every culture on Earth. They go by hundreds of different names. It's possible that there's more than one of them. But you said you saw a dude in a suit. Dean says, oh, Wait, what? You think we should have been working the whole black robe thing? You said it yourself that the clock stopped, right? Reapers stop time, and you can only see them when they're coming at you. Ryle Tucker, uh, one of the producers of the show, uh, hold on, I think he is, is he the producer? He is, yeah, he's one of the one of the writers, says, We started with the hood and sickle, obviously, and we were... Th- and we were writing these scenes where the guy in a cape walks into the parking lot and we were like, what? That's just something deeply cheesy about that image. You just can't get past it. And it's not really that scary because we've seen it a million times. Chico, people joke about the image constantly. It's not terrifying anymore. So we really were trying to figure out what would a death, what would death look like? We decided he was going to be the most shriveled old man we could ever imagine. That scared us and gave us chills. But at what point did they decide to switch over to hot chicks? Because, let's face it, all the Reapers after this episode are beautiful-looking women. Yeah. And they just wear black or leather. You know, they're not sexualized in any way, but they're, let's face it, they're not, like, they're not all, they're not old crones either. They're all, like, women actresses in their 20s and 30s. Do you think that was maybe just a appeasing aesthetic to bring in more female characters to the show because let's face it female characters don't have longevity on supernatural yeah maybe Attest to mary and you know jess and ruby and meg <laughs> yeah maybe or another theory I, ha- I have is that maybe they were trying to make it i don't know more someone you would want to come accompany you on your journey to death mm-hmm. like most people wouldn't want to be taken away by this scary old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it's probably it, it's going along more so with the. So between the uh, good-looking woman and the shriveled-up old man, you'd go with the good-looking woman. If the two reapers came to you and you were like, ah, "I'm gonna probably. go with her." <laughs> <laughs> probably. I'm going it's, to the same place. But I, think, I don't think I'll go with her. <laughs> I think they, what they were trying to get to is also what they mentioned in here that like it's someone you want to feel comfortable with, so that you feel comfortable with letting go of life. One of my good friends and a great filmmaker named Skip Shea, uh, who is really big right now, if you if our listening audience wants to look up his movie Trinity, it's been in Horror Hound, it's been making all of the film convention circuits. Um, it's about a it, it's a thriller, not so much a horror movie, about a young man um, who runs into the priest who abused him many many years ago, and now in his adulthood and how his life is being turned upside down by. Uh, you know, re-encountering this 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 individual, um, he did a movie uh, early in his career called "But They Serve Breakfast Here All Day," where a man is killed, uh, dies, and he's brought into the limbo. And the waiting room for limbo happens to be a a diner, 
And I was like, well, that's kind of interesting. You know, why not it be someplace you can be comfortable in while you're waiting to pass on to, you know, heaven or hell? And uh, the Reaper comes to him and says, you know, you have a few choices. You can be reincarnated. You can move on to heaven. You can, um, you know, you can do this other thing. Or, you know, I forgot what the other choice is. And he's like, um, I'm going to take a little while and think about it. He's like, how much time do I have? He's like, you have all the time in your world. Okay, I'm going to wait here and think about it. He's like, well, why do you want to wait here? Because they serve breakfast all day. And <laughs> <laughs> that's the short. That's the right. It's the whole short is that the Reaper is trying to get convince the guy to go to heaven and move on. You know, it's there's other people waiting to come in. And he's like, I just want to wait here. Yeah. Because <laughs> they serve breakfast all day. And that's the whole point of the short. I mean, if it was KFC, I'd be there all day. Really? I love KFC. Oh. I'm sorry. Yes, you love KFC now at 18, but your metabolism in 20 years, you're not going to love KFC so much. <laughs> You're going to be like, damn it, he was right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're you're lucky right now. You have great metabolism, but uh, give it a little while. It'll catch up to you. Um, I highly recommend uh, something better, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A. Oh, well, well, I like that too. Okay. Actually, at my school, they actually like have one hot lunch where – because someone at my school is like their dad owns one Chick-fil-A. So they like just bring us a oh, bunch they must of Chick. Be loaded. Yeah, they just bring us a ton of Chick Fil A. Oh it's wow, great. That, it's wonderful. Yeah, well the thing is with like Chick Fil A versus KFC, like Chick Fil A actually seems to do like real chicken, and KFC is, like processed meat sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> just just think of your high school cafeteria, mm-hmm. and now think I get Chick Fil A. Yeah, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you got about Reapers before we dive into John Winchester's Reapers. journal? Well, Reaper Reapers. Uh, Reaper. What, did I, what did I say? I don't know what you said. Okay. <laughs> I, for a minute there, I thought I said rapers. I was like... Rape. <laughs> or rappers. <laughs> Why isn't there a song with those three words used in it? Like, reapers, rapers, rappers. And then, like, they just, like, put it together in some type of musical. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, go on. One thing I, I need to mention at some point in this podcast, because I'm a total anime nerd, is that... No! <laughs> one of... Um, the things that I sort of compared the Reapers and this to would be the Shinigami from the anime Death Note. Oh, yes. Right? The Shinigami is a Reaper. Yeah. Yeah, which, by the way, as of, I think, by the time this airs, I don't, when is the Netflix movie coming out? I don't know. I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it? I really it? don't want to see oh, it. Oh, come on. It's not going to be good. And everyone's complaining, though, about certain things I'm not going to cover on this podcast because we're not that type of podcast to get political about it. But uh, there was like there was a live-action Japanese uh, Death Note movie. Yeah, that was bad, too. You didn't like that? <laughs> I did not Even like Even though the animators, it was the same animators who brought the Shinigami to life in the CGI. But they made the Shinigami, like, terrifying. That's the point. I know, but I just it, they made him look like this. You do realize scary the guy clown. in a costume would be the same thing. <laughs> you look no, like that the... would have been bad. It's just not a good idea to make anime live action. Just not does not work. Apparently, um, the people uh, who love Attack on Titan disagree because those movies are there's a third Attack on Titan live action movie coming out. I thought everyone was complaining about those two. Apparently not. They've been somewhat successful with certain people hmm, i don't know but what a yeah. way to die by a giant <laughs> naked monster <laughs> but yeah i compared it to that because um in the same way that the pastor's wife in this episode is taking 
advantage of a reaper and like using his power to decide who lives and dies mm. in the show Death Note, Light Yagami is taking the Shinigami's power, like he takes his notebook and he's deciding now who lives and dies. Mm. You're right. Absolutely right. I didn't even think about that until you just mentioned it. And I, I, I've seen this episode at least a dozen times. Um, and I had never even thought about the connection with Death Note. On November 2nd, no actual year listed. Um, by the way, this episode, um, we didn't mention it. Uh, this episode aired originally on January 17th, 2006. What were you doing in 2006? I was about seven, so... Playing with your supernatural coloring book like you are now, Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was... I think I was setting up a birthday event for my ex-wife at the time, um, which uh, was, I think... Yeah, she was her 25th birthday. Yeah, it was like a, I was planning a 25th birthday um uh, uh, thing for her. I, I distinctly remember it being this date, actually. Uh, we went to go see Blue Man's group. Hmm. John Winchester's journal on November 2nd uh, in the uh, journal of John, the John Winchester journal by Alex Arvine says, Mary has been dead for eight years. I've been learning about Reapers. There's more than one. I'm trying to do this in, in Jeffrey Dean Morgan's kind of like, you know, deep voice. Mm -hmm. Let me know if I'm doing it correctly. There's more than one. It's not always a hooded skeleton with a scythe. That's where I'll start. The traditional Grim Reaper is a skeleton or solemn-looking man carrying a scythe who cuts off people's lives as though we were harvesting grain. Death personified is a figure or fictitious character and has existed in mythology and popular culture since the earliest days of storytelling. Because the reality of death has had a substantial influence on the human psyche and the development of civilization as a whole, the personification of death as a living sentient entity is a concept that has existed in all known societies since the beginning of recorded history. In the United States, death is usually shown as a skeletal figure wearing a midnight black gown with a hood, while in Europe he is often depicted similarly, similarly but dressed in white, which is a traditional color worn at funerals in many places. That you not come near to divine death, lest me made... There's like some major Hebrew scripture in here about death, which is filled with a lot of big words I can't even not, cannot even hope to pronounce. But uh, they mention Baal a lot. Is Baal in the Bible? I, I think so. Sounds familiar. He threatened... Death sends back a message that his appetite is that of lions in the wilderness, like the longing of the dolphins in the sea, and he threatens to devour Baal himself. In a subsequent passage, Death seemingly makes good his threat, or at least is deceived into believing he has slain Baal. Numerous gaps in the text make this portion of the tale obscure. Then Baal's Hada's sister, the warrior goddess, Anat, comes upon Mot, seizes him, splits him with a blade, and winnows him in a scythe. Wow. Lots of big words. From its connection, Mott was produced, which some say is mud, and others for skewer of water com command, and out of this came every germ of creation and the generation of the universe. So there were certain animals which had no sensation, and out of them grew intelligent animals, which were called Z-O-P-H-A-S-E-M-I-N. I'm not even going to try. The language here is confusing, says John Winchester. <laughs> a bad summary and possibly corrupt in the form of Mott is here not the same of Muth, which appears later. But it may be that the full and coherent account would have made clear that muddy and puterous uh, death is the source of life. Putting God on trial, the biblical book of Job, a biblical reworking of the combat motif between Mott and Maul. 
and John has a picture of a the uh, of the Reaper. By the way, the next text in this chapter in the uh, ooh, it does state what year this is. 1991. Uh, the next chapter in this, we probably should have read back in our very first episode. It's the uh, it's um, John learning about Sam giving uh, the gift that he was going to give his father to Dean. No. Yeah, it's kind of cute. Uh, the origin of the imagery, the origin of this imagery appears to be related to Father Time. That's where their version of death comes from. So mm-hmm. Father Time is always depicted as being like an elderly old man, and that's where they actually found their version to create death as this like wrinkled, shriveled up old guy. Oh wow! Where did the women come from? Probably get back to that once we get there. <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, the Reaper himself in the episode is played by actor Alex Dyakun, um, who has been in many different things. Um, he was in the x-files tv series he was on he was in friday the 13th part 8 jason takes manhattan he was in the x-files uh movie i want to believe he's a long-standing like character actor who's been in many different things in fact he was also on a tv series called reaper (laughs) which was about a kid who finds out his parents sold his soul to the devil so he becomes the devil's bounty hunter for escape souls (laughs) it was a comedy on the cw that only lasted two seasons unfortunately but (laughs) a fantastic comedy Yes. Do you have any other great information about Reapers before we close out this episode of well, Faith? I just read um, something, another thing in the Supernatural Book of Monsters, Spirits, Demons, and Ghouls. Oh, yes. And it says that we even read somewhere that Peter Pan is a kind of psychopomp figure because in the book it says that when children die, he leads them part of the way so that they won't be afraid. And wow, that just ruined my childhood. Well, you know that Peter Pan has always been connected to... Um, Something else that we're going to cover uh, in June when we start when we do our very first episode about vampires, Peter Pan, The Lost Boys, the movie The Lost Boys. Yeah. Think about it. You live forever. You Peter Pan only comes out at night. He snatches children up from their bedrooms. The what? young, the young Wendy, cloaked in the white virgin gown of her her you know her uh, her nightgown. Why is everything from my childhood so dark? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. You do realize that most Disney like mythology fairy tales and and things are based on insanely dark yeah. material like when Cinderella's stepsisters try to put her feet into yeah. the glass slipper they have to snap their toes off yeah i was just in musical of Cinderella yes, at that's my right. school that's and i was I just like <laughs> like we were doing this scene where they try on the shoes and i'm just like wait when are they going to chop off their feet did <laughs> you are... did your music instructor go yeah but your school will never allow me to do that <laughs> If he's a if he or she what, 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 the, was the who was the play director? My um, our middle school um, principal. Your I middle think. school principal became a play director. Yeah, she well she <laughs> she, she, she is that a step up or down? <laughs> she directs the drama at our school. No, she does both. Oh, she does both. Wow. Yeah, she has a ton of jobs at her school. Do you think she gets double the paycheck? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> You it's all going re- towards the Chick-fil-A. Oh, oh, wait. She owns the Chick-fil-A? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> you should let her know when you go back to school to, uh, on Monday. To or, or By the time this episode airs, Kat will have been actually graduated. But so <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the next time you see her, just be like, hey, hey, we gave you a shout-out on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is all the information that I have about Reapers. There's probably many, many more. Um, there's many uh as dean said there are 
many cultures um, have many different versions of their own Reaper. Um, we could cover Reapers forever. Yeah. Reapers extend into cultures such as Greek mythology, Christianity, uh, Hebrew, uh, Muslim, Hindu, and, and many more. They all have their own variations of Reapers. You can probably find them online. I've uh, already come across a couple that sort of hint to the what we can talk about maybe in a later episode about the why they used a woman for yeah the like later. Uh, season one uh, sorry season two episode one when yes. Dean's walking the ethereal plane between uh, life and death that he encounters the Reaper um, I only remember Billy right now because she was the most recent one she's the uh, you know she's the African American Reaper mm-hmm. that. Uh, that um, told Sam that she's sick and tired of the Winchesters, you know, constantly getting away. One thing we didn't point out is that in Greek mythology, uh, he brings the souls to uh, Charon, the one that mans the boat that takes souls across the river Styx to the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. That's always been known as the Reaper. And you give the Reaper, when they bury the dead in certain cultures, they'll place two pieces of silver on over your eyes. And you take those two pieces of silver with you when the Reaper comes to pay your ferry across the river Styx. Uh-huh. You've heard of that? Yes. When I die, I want my body placed with the two pieces of silver on it, um, swim out to the middle of uh, Lake Webster, out in Webster, Massachusetts, um, and I want a flaming arrow shot into my body, like a Viking crew of fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure you make that happen, okay? <laughs> I leave this entirely in Kat's hands. <laughs> Who do you want to guide you to the afterlife? Oh, a hot chick. <laughs> I, want a, I want a magical a magical cat. You want a magical cat? Yes. Of course you would. <laughs> Don't forget that you can find us on our Twitter page. Uh, Kat should be tweeting about us right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> SPN Creatures and Lore on Twitter and then you can also join our group page which is Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast and this episode and the rest of our episodes on RadioHorror.com. We'd also like to thank Jessel Lantern for providing our theme song for us and of course the music that you heard earlier in the episode is by Blue Oyster Cult um, and the clip from Saturday Night Live. And again, thank you for tuning in to the Supernatural Creatures and Lore podcast with your host Dr. Chris and Kat. In the shadows you can hear the sounds The rumble of a hundred hellhounds Cries of the banshee, a terror of the go. You all they can't see if they just know where to go It's the creature whoa, whoa. It's the creature whoa, whoa. It's the creatures from the supernatural goo.